podcast. I am your host, Keith Cork, joined as always by my good buddy here and co-host, Mr. Trey Hill. And we're welcoming back to the show a friend of our pod and a friend of our previous pod also, uh, Mr. Stephen Bagel uh, of the NBA Eagle, of the uh, uh, Bird Rights podcast with Sports Ethos, uh, of many, many things. Uh, guy's a wizard, and he's going to help us break down uh, the Bulls cap situation. But Stephen, first of all, first and foremost, how are you today, man? Doing well. Can't complain. And, you know, this is a busy time of year for me. It's the draft just ended. Free agency starts on Thursday. So, you know, this is the type of stuff I love. As a front office and a salary cap guy, you know, it's the best time of the year for me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if you guys haven't checked out the Bird Rights podcast, you absolutely should. But uh, I thought it was a really, really unique uh, concept for a podcast. But uh, Stephen does delve into the front office aspect of the NBA, which, uh, you know, again, the cap is a big part of that. And uh, I know Trey and I were kind of struggling through what our cap situation exactly was our last episode. So uh, definitely we're looking was looking to get somebody on here. But before we do get started, guys, I want to go tell everybody uh, to take a moment to go ahead and follow at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. It's the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on Earth. Get all your NBA news in one handy Twitter feed. It's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's at EthosFantasyBK on Twitter. Go follow it now. So first and foremost, first, before we go into the cap situation, though, we need to talk about the NBA draft, which, uh, you know, we I think we had two shows about the NBA draft, Trey, and uh, Dale and Terry came up exactly zero times. Am I correct in that? You are correct. I was focused mostly on big guys, and I mean, he he's a wing, but he I, I guess he was classified as a point guard, so he didn't come up on my end. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was a uh, it was completely out of left field for me. <laughs> yeah, you know, my first thought, uh, obviously, and we said it, you know, before draft night even happened. Trust in AK, right? Like this guy's hit on plenty of you know draft picks late in the draft. I have no like concerns here. I'm just excited to see what this guy can, can do. Um, but my first thought was that, yeah, he was like a Kobe White replacement. Because like you said, he was classified as like a point guard. Um, he does have excellent floor vision from what I've seen, you know, in, in the highlights and stuff like that. Um, I've actually seen, you know, you sent me a thing earlier today, Trey, uh, from uh, I can't remember his name. You can you can plug him for me. But uh, it was kind of a comparing deal and Terry to a kind of a poor man's Lonzo ball, basically, but he has the upside of a Lonzo ball. Uh, so he is a point guard or a guard, but he does have size to him where, you know, where he can play the swing position. So um, Steven, why don't you talk to us a little bit, man? Are you, are you, you know, familiar with Dalen Terry? What, what's your thoughts on, on that pick? I am. And for those of you who don't know, I am a Sixers fan. So Sixers, I, I always had a hunch they were going to trade the most likely scenario is that they would trade pick 23. But as a result, Dalen Terry is kind of a guy I expected in our range. And obviously the Bulls had 18, so they weren't too far off. Um, Dalen Terry, he only averaged eight points a game in college as a sophomore, which is a little telling, but it, it doesn't totally paint the full picture. As Trey said, he is um, a wing. He did play point guard at the University of Arizona more by necessity rather than the fact that he is a true point guard. But, I mean, good, as you said, good handle, good passing vision, good defender. Um, yeah, very poor man's on the ball right now. Um, the issue is if the shot's really going to develop. And, you know, with Lonzo and with Caruso, he does seem a little bit repetitive. Ayo just mm-hmm. to another one. He does seem a little bit repetitive in what the Bulls have. And to me, that kind of scares me for Lonzo Ball's health. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a fair point. What do you think, Trey? Well, I, I think it's it's repetitive, but in a good way, because you, you mentioned Io, you mentioned Caruso. Um, those guys aren't very tall. And Terry, he's, I think, six foot seven with a seven foot wingspan. Yes. So th- this whole time I've been saying when we've been talking about Rudy Gobert, who Who's the guy that ha- who's the guy that's going to guard Giannis? Who's the guy that's going to guard Tatum? Who's the guy that's going to guard Durant? Who's the guy that has the body type and length to guard that type of person? I I had Eason on you know on the brain and he unfortunately went one pick before. Yeah, right. Before. But I I think <laughs> Terry fits that same vein and I I didn't have a ch- let me see if I can find oh right here at MSJ NBA Morton Jensen is the one who had that yeah. that Twitter thread. And he mentioned that Zach Levine was in the 97th percentile as a cutter. And one of Dalen Terry's strengths is those bounce passes to cutters. He he's great at delivering the the backdoor cut passes. So I given how the Bulls offense works and what he'll be surrounded with, like you guys have said, he's like the poor man's Lonzo. But I think having having a guy with that size, it really I think that's that's the main thing that I take away. He's a guy that when I watch these last NBA finals, I can see him playing in that in that series. So that that's a win for me. Yeah, I got a real sense that, you know, with AK picking here, um, they were being smart and they weren't picking for need necessarily because the needs that the Bulls have, obviously, rim protection. Uh, we need an, another big, you know, wingman, which, you know, Dale Terry kind of fits that. He's a good de- defensive wing uh, that kind of addresses a need. Um, but I also think that the Bulls really need shooting. And uh, as Steven mentioned, you know, that's not necessarily something that Dale and Terry does well right now is three point shooting. Um, there's not good, you know, not good markers there. There's not good indication that he's going to be a good three point shooter at the NBA level just yet. Um, obviously, he's still pretty young uh, and can develop that. But um, but I mean, am I, am I correct here? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you, Stephen, that this was kind of the maybe the best available guy on the board as opposed to, you know, filling a need. Or did you have some guys higher? I did have some guys high, unfortunately. Actually, let me pull my board up right here. I mean, I'm more outlandish, if I'm being honest. I don't really go with consensus. So I had a guy like Bryce McGowns who went 40. 
I had him in my lottery. So I'm not, you know, the best person to ask regarding that. But I let me see. I had Dale and Terry 23. So right there, you know, within like the same tier of guys, I I think I like a Nikola Jovic more. Mm-hmm. I like a Kendall Brown a little bit more. So and Kendall Brown especially would have been that big wing defender that the Bulls, as Keith just said, desperately need. Where, um, where did he end up getting drafted? He went to Indiana at like 45. He really had a draft. Okay. So even if the Bulls traded in to get him in the mid seconds, but. Uh, I'm just saying a guy like that, I think would have. I'm not saying they should have taken the guy who went 45 over the guy who went 18, but I'm saying that would would have been the type of player. I actually mocked when I wrote my um, I wrote a first round mock draft for a Sports Ethos site for subscribers. I believe I had EJ Liddell at the time, and I know you mm-hmm. guys have talked about him, but yeah, you know, similar type of guy to Kendall Brown, bigger wing, could defend those Giannis's and those Tatum's, like Trey said. So, yeah, I mean, again, I don't hate it. I had him in the same tier and the same range as where they took him. He's just a little bit more raw than, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kendall Brown, I suppose, is too, since I talked about him. So, yeah. um, but more I, than, like, especially like an EJ Liddell, he's going to be able to, I know he went, I think, 41 to the Pelicans. 41, yep. Yeah. So he, but a guy like him will definitely be able to contribute more from day one. But Terry definitely has the higher upside. Yeah, I was so, listening to Game Theory today with Sam Bassini, who's really plugged in on things, and they were it was their old it was the live reaction thing. So I was wait, waiting for them to get to the Bulls pick because I wanted to see who they thought they were going to take, and I wanted to hear how shocked they were that Terry was the pick because again, I was completely shocked. I was just waiting for it, and they mentioned Terry before the pick was made. How good of a fit they thought he would be with the Bulls. So that was a little comforting to me that. At least people who seem to be more plugged in than I was, they they didn't seem as caught off guard. So there's my one plug for the day that really gave me some comfort. <laughs> hey, I like that. So yeah, I mean, I do feel like you know, you know, like we we're talking about needing a a, a wing that can guard the Giannis's of the world, the Katie's of the world, and each, or I'm sorry, uh, Dale and Terry does project as that. But uh, uh, Stephen uh, did mention there E.G. Lydell, which you know, I don't. You know, we talked about him uh, probably the most in our in our couple of draft shows that we did because uh, he just seemed like, you know, the ideal fit there. Uh, an NBA ready guy, as Steven mentioned. So uh, fell to 41 uh, in the New Orleans Pelicans gun, which the Pelicans had a nice draft, I felt like, uh, as did the Pistons and, uh, and and some other teams. But uh, anyways, EJ Liddell falling that far. Did that surprise you, uh, Trey? Because it surprised me a little bit that he didn't go at least in the first round somewhere. I mean, it surprised me a little bit. Not not a lot. I I was pretty low on him throughout the mm-hmm. whole process. I thought he was a, you know, I thought he had a pretty high floor, but I didn't think he necessarily had a super high ceiling. So I I was pretty meh on him. So I wasn't surprised when he slid. I I think it was telling though that no team dra- no team traded up to get him. Like say even into like the early first round, like that thirty. To you know, like that 31 to 36 range, like that. There wasn't a lot. There wasn't a lot of trading up for guys, anyways. It was just a lot of okay. Let's see who falls to me, and I'll I'll snatch them up there once the second round came along. So, to me, it seems like a lot of GMs they didn't they didn't fall in love with a lot of the guys in this draft. Yeah, I felt like a um, just you know it's a deep draft, but you know 
the top talent wasn't necessarily something that you needed to reach for. So there were actually a lot. I wouldn't say a lot less. There were a couple of trades, but there were fewer trades than I uh, I had expected. What about you, Stephen? Did you think that there were going to be more trades on draft day than there were? Yeah, um, I was actually on the Sports Ethos draft. Um, we mm-hmm. did a live show on YouTube. And basically, my whole role to be on there was to break down the salary cap implications of every trade, explain the rationale behind it. And honestly, I wasn't really that utilized. That, that That's not sports ethos as far. It's just more there wasn't a Malcolm Brogdon move. There wasn't a John Collins move. Right. All these moves were – Jeremy Grant obviously went the day before, so I did have an opportunity to talk about that. But, you know, it, it wasn't really – we saw – I think the only NBA player that wasn't a prospect that got moved was DeAnthony Melton to the Sixers. Yeah. I, I believe that was the only one. Yeah. Uh, that was interesting. I think he's a, a interesting fit for you guys over there in uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, honestly, how do you feel about that? Just like just since being on the show. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, we definitely need wing help, especially if we want to trade like a Matisse Thibault, right. uh, which apparently he's on the block. But he doesn't fit that. He's only six foot two, but he does have a longer wingspan. He's a defensive first guy. We definitely need help with the perimeter defense, especially if we let Matisse go. And yeah, we real, we sorely lack athleticism, and we'll get some athleticism between Maxie and Harden. Yeah, uh, I like I love Milton a lot. I'm a big Milton fan. You know, obviously I'm a big fantasy player, so that's a big part of it. But also, I just like watching him play. I like defense first, guys. So uh, I, I love that move for you guys. But uh, going back to the Bulls, the Bulls also signed Justin Lewis to a two way two way deal. I have no idea. Um, I was reading on Twitter as it happened that a lot of people thought he was one of the best guys that didn't get drafted. Um, so Steven, do you know anything about Justin Lewis and can you fill us in about, you know, what kind of player he is? Yeah. So Justin Lewis is actually very similar to EJ Liddell in a lot of senses. Um, I had him, let's see, 47 on my board. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wasn't super high on him, but I definitely think I had him in the tier that I call low end rotation players. Mm -hmm. So that's above like guaranteed contracts. And that's obviously above like two way guys. Mm -hmm. So I have him multiple tiers above a two-way guy. He's six. He measured at the at the combine six seven and a half with a seven two and a half wingspan. So same thing as Liddell, very long. Um, he drastically improved at Marquette. He after his freshman year came back, improved as a shooter. He's a useful team defender. You know, he's he's a stretch four that could play the small ball five that could knock it down a little bit, and he has the length and the strength to be able to do that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's. So, so now as you're describing him, all I'm thinking here, uh, Trey, is that, uh, you know, Arturis definitely has a type. And I thought this about Tommy Shepard, too. Like, Tommy Shepard of the uh, Wizards definitely has a type. Like, uh, you know, I, I think Arturis has a type here. And I think uh, Dale and Terry and, uh, and Justin Lewis here kind of fit into that. Do you agree with that? Yeah, 100%. And it's a type that I enjoy. I'm yeah. glad he's dra- getting some of these guys in. And it's. Especially are, with Derek Jones Jr. likely being out the door, I it's yeah. I really like the the players that have been brought in so far. Yeah, Bulls are are, are um, interesting in, in that uh, you know they have a lot of rangy guys that can play you know multiple positions and uh, you know Dale and Terry is one of those. He can play one through three basically. You know, play point guard out of necessity, but uh, I, I think in a pinch he could still play point guard here for the Bulls in, in some spots. So uh, so I think that's a, that's kind of the type there is just you know multi position type. Uh, 
wings, basically six, seven, you know, six, 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 eight, six, nine uh, guys that can guard uh, at a high level on the perimeter and, and you know, a, a bit in the paint also. So, uh, so I like it, man. I like it also. I'm a big fan, but uh, you know, let, let's switch here a little bit, switch our focus a little bit more to the uh, Bulls cap situation. I believe the uh, free agency opens up July 1st. Uh, and so, you know, we're expecting the Bulls to be active. Uh, at least I am, Trey. Uh, are you expecting us to, you know, go get some guys? I am, and I know it's not official that Zach is resigning, and whether yeah. or not he resigns makes a difference on what the Bulls have available. Yeah. But I think, I think for this pod, I think me and you agree that Zach resigning is the number one priority. And that I, I think let, for this pod, we should go ahead, go forward, assuming Zach resigns, mm. you know, 12.01 on the dot, or 6.01. Mm. I think it starts at 6 p.m. this year, you know, prime time, but then they don't want you to tamper. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so yeah. I think, I think so Stephen, whenever you explain it to us, like what we what options we have available, I, I think the easiest way to go is just to assume Zach resigns for the max, right? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I agree with that, and yeah, I don't, I don't know if Stephen looked at both possibilities here, but uh, yeah, I think you and I, uh, Trey, we definitely agree that Zach is going to sign here for the, you know, for the max that he's available. Uh, Bulls can off offer the next year the extra money, um, so I, I just I see no way uh, that he says no to that. But uh, so we'll, we'll we'll proceed like that on this pod, but obviously in real life, like you said, anything is possible here. So uh, so Stephen, let's assume that the Bulls do get to you know keep Zach Levine. What are we looking at in terms of flexibility here and, and cap space? I mean, do we have a lot of it? I know we have an exception, I think, in the 11 million range. Uh, what do the Bulls have to work with? So, assuming Zach Levine signs, his salary would be starting at $36.3 million on the five-year deal, which showed us $210 million. Um, So, at that point, let's see, I have it at $139.2 million with Levine on the books. If Levine wasn't on the books, then, you know, you'd have 19 mil in space. The cap line this year is at 122, and the luxury tax signs are 149. Mm -hmm. So that's important for the Bulls because, as I said, they're at 139.2. So Mm -hmm. if they use the full entire mid-level exception, which is $10 million, Mm -hmm. they would be in the luxury tax by literally like Mm $200,000. Now, there's ways to avoid that. I mean – that's assuming Tony Bradley opts into his player option. I'm, I believe the deadline for that has already passed, and I haven't heard otherwise. So I'm assuming that he did. I'm assuming he will, just because you know he might not even get picked up on yeah. another contract. So why not guarantee yourself the two mil? Um, but yeah, I mean you could stretch him to get back under the tax. There's, there's definitely ways. But that to preface to say that with Levine you would have 12 guys under contract. With, again, the $10 million mid-level exception, and you have the $5 million traded player exception that expires July 7th from the Daniel Tice trade. So, what, what, was the size um, of that? what was the size of that Tice five, exception? $5 million. Okay. Go ahead, Trey. Go ahead. I was getting ready to try and look up the seller here. I was reading right before we came on that Cam Reddish and the New York Knicks, mm-hmm. they they might be looking to get rid of him. He's 4.7 million, and he would fit nicely into that trade exception. He's Arturus's type. He, he definitely is Arturus's type. So, so is yeah. is that something that is, is that something that could be doable for the Bulls? Uh, maybe trade them like a future second round pick, and then because they're looking to clear cap space to sign Brunson, so they're just looking to get rid of him. 
the Bulls having that five million trade exception with his salary being four point seven million. Which is crazy to me. So they they traded. Oh no, wait, no. Next year, Jay, I'm about to let you down. I was gonna say his. Let me down. Yeah, it was four point seven this past season, and the cap sheet you looked at probably hasn't updated to 2022. So it's five point nine million. So he doesn't fit cleanly in there, but. I mean, Cam Reddish is definitely a guy I'd be looking at. For okay, so so well. now my question is, sure. does it have to fit cleanly in there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I was going to say so- we can throw him Tony Bradley and just the other five million, but no, it doesn't. Like yeah, no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but that's what we saw, like for example, the Jeremy Grant trade to Portland. That mm-hmm. happened before July first because when his salary increases for the 2022-2023 season, he no longer fit in Portland's trade exception that they absorbed his contract into. So that's why we saw it happen when it did, essentially. So So, I just preface that to say, like, the guy has to fit cleanly in the exception with his, which I guess, theoretically, going back to what Trey said with the 4.7 million, the Bulls could, if it's before July 1st, take Cam Reddish into that trade exception with his previous year salary before the league calendar flips over. So, okay. so you got a week, Bulls. <laughs> You're on the clock there, Bulls. You got a week here to make this happen. Uh, I would love to have Cam Reddish, even though I, I have been bashing this guy on Twitter for a while, but uh, but the upside's there. Um, I absolutely see it, and uh, I just like to bash him because people are just so, like, insanely high on the guy. I think he's a nice player. Uh, I don't think he's, like, you know, the second coming of Scottie Pippen or something. But um, I am reading here online, though, that Tony Bradley's player option, the deadline's actually the 29th, so we got a few more days on oh, that yeah, one I here. Say, I know they happen before free agency usually, but okay. – And we have, uh, and we have um, Tony, Troy Brown Jr., Matt Thomas, and Tyler Cook, and Malcolm Hill, that if we want to keep them, we can extend qualifying offers to them. I honestly, you know, in my heart of hearts here, uh, Stephen and, and Trey, I don't see us extending a qualifying offer, offer to any of those guys. Am, am I uh, wrong there, Trey? Maybe Matt Troy Thomas Brown's a restricted him. free agent. Right. He's, I think he's only 22. He's 20, He's young, yeah. Um, so I could, I could see the Bulls extending hmm. one to him and saying, go, go find yourself an offer. Go see what you're worth out there. And maybe we'll match it. He had a few nice moments. Uh, I feel like he's never really fully realized his potential uh, at the NBA level. He had that one decent year in Washington when Bradley Beal was out. Um, and like he just kind of kind of was running the show for a, it, a not good team. Yeah. And again, this is me operating as in it's not my money. And I think the Bulls <laughs> ownership, given given the fact that they are, I think it it's pretty well known they're trying to make up for how poor the team has done the last few years. Um, I think, I think they should spend and spend willingly. So like doing something like that to have Troy Brown, maybe be the 12th or 13th man on the bench. Like, I, I think, I think I could see that happening, but no, I think, I think Terry was the Derek Jones jr. Replacement. Yeah, I, I do think that's true. Obviously. Um, now the Bulls front office has gone on record as saying they will go, you know, into the luxury tax. Um, they will spend money here uh, to make this team, you know, get them to the next level. Which I can't remember off the top of my head how long it's been since the Bulls have have been in the tax, but it's been a long time. Uh, the Bulls have been reticent to spend money uh, for a long time. So 
this is uh this is kind of a you know big news here because you know obviously the bulls are able to to be a little bit more flexible if they're willing to spend all of that money um so we're talking about like this 10 million uh mid-level exception that i think every team gets right and so i'm looking at guys that you know the bulls could get out there that might fit into this uh i guess let me throw it i've got a couple guys that i'm looking at here but trey let me throw it to you man is there Anybody you see out there that would fit into that mid-level exception for us? I mean, it's that ten million. I think you hope maybe Mitchell Robinson wants to wants to come over. He's he's the big target. He's the guy I've got my yeah. eye on. Um, other than that, I I'm not really sure. He he's the guy I target first though. Uh, Steven, are there guys out there that you're looking at that you think would be a nice fit with the Bulls? I, I do have some. Um, so here's the thing that I know Keith just talked about and mentioned the Bulls willingness to pay the luxury tax. As I said, with the tax payment level being slightly over $10 million, that would put the Bulls with the $139.2 million after Levine mm-hmm. at exactly just about the luxury tax line. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking they might, if they could avoid the tax, they will. And, you know, split that taxpayer mid-level or not the tax, not the taxpayer, the full mid-level into two guys, because then, you know, you avoid the tax and you fill your roster just about. Mm-hmm. You'd have 14 guys under roster and then, you know, that you don't need a 15th. You could sign one later on for a prorated minimum that keeps you under the tax. Um, so I, I don't know if they're going to spend, again, the full $10 million on one player, but if they were willing to do that, I, I'm looking at some decent wings like a Cody or a Caleb Martin, um, a Hamidou Diallo, assuming Detroit doesn't pick up his um, his team option. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Nicholas Batum's out there. I don't think he's even the Clippers, but a, yeah. a guy like that. Um, what yeah, I think he just— He's turned down about a $3.3 million contract yeah. with the with the Clippers. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to get him. But what were you going to ask? Go ahead. I was going to say, like, a Tory and Prince. Type. Like, if they split it up, I could see them going, like, Tory and Prince $5 million, and then a backup center, like, $4 million. That way they avoid the tax. And, you know, they get a bigger wing that could complement a Pad Williams when he's on the bench. I mean, I can see those guys, um, like you said, if they split it up like that, I do think that, that I can see that. Now, I know that, you know, rim protection was something that we uh, have see, have heard Arturis uh, specifically say they're going to address it this offseason um, because it wasn't good. Uh, you know, and, and I think a big part of that was Tony Bradley. Now, like you said, Tony Bradley has the player option, uh, $2 million. I don't think I don't see anybody out there paying Tony Bradley. So I think he's going to take that and, and probably be on this roster uh, as hopefully a, a third center for us. But I'm looking – I just like Trey, I'm looking at centers out here. And so I've got a couple guys um, that I think kind of slot into there. If we don't break it up and do the – I mean, if we don't get one of these guys, maybe we do break it up and go that direction. But, um, you know, obviously Trey mentioned Mitch, Mitchell Robinson. But I've got a couple guys that I think maybe are a little more realistic than that even, which I think, you know, Thaddeus Young is out there uh, and available. And I think I could see him signing that $10 million, you know, dollar uh, mid-level exception. And I've also got here um, – uh, oh, Isaiah Hartenstein. I, this guy, uh, that would be a huge get, a huge get. I mean, this guy has been 
fantastic for the Clippers. I feel like he's got a lot of versatility as a defender. Um, you know, I, I felt like the Clippers, when they needed versatility on the floor on defense, they were sitting Zubac and playing Hartenstein. So I think that they're going to do everything they can to try to retain him. Um, but yeah, he's only 24. He's he's really kind of coming into his own. Uh, sets hard screens. This guy plays hard. He's a strong, strong uh, young man. Um, so Trey, if we could get Hartenstein for that mid-level exception, that's a big win, right? Yeah, I think that would be a huge win. I think I think after Robinson he would be my next choice. Um another guy I'm looking at, what about is Tom, what about Thomas Bryant from the Wizards? He's on my list actually of guys. Um I don't know with his injury concerns recently and falling yeah. out of in Washington, he might not go for that much more than the minimum. Mm. So, so we can- we can actually sign right, into that. Right, I, I definitely didn't mean the the full ten. No, no, months. yeah, I'm no, I'm just yeah, shedding light. And then speaking of centers on the minimum, in my mock offseason that I'm gonna plug right now, um, mm-hmm. I, I project basically everybody's every single team's 15 man roster going into next year. I I did it before the draft, so I incorporated my mock draft and then just see okay. This is how much money and each asset each team has to spend. Let me make trades amongst these teams and let me sign these free agents accordingly. Mm-hmm. For the Bulls, the backup center solution for them that I gave them, what about LaMarcus Aldridge? Because I know when he first went to San Antonio, he fell in love with Chicago. He ended up going to San Antonio, so clearly, mm-hmm. you know, um, he preferred them. But And then when he was bought out from San Antonio before he signed the Nets, he strongly considered the Bulls. So now with the Nets looking like they could blow it up, I see that as a very feasible, maybe not the primary backup center, but bring him in on a minimum and have him be like the third guy if, God forbid, Vucevic, you know, misses yeah. some time. Yeah. I like him. I like Thomas Bryan, as you talked about. And another guy who's not really a center, but I, I suppose he plays a four. He's undersized, but... The other guy I had them signing was Juan Toscano Anderson from the Golden State Warriors. Hmm. Um, I had him taking like four and a half million of the taxpayer on level. And then those guys like that fit into that trade of player exception for Daniel Tice, like a Justice Winslow or a Mo Harkless or a Trey Lyles or even like a Goga Batadze from the Pacers. I mean, yeah. that would fill that big old wing with the Justice Winslow, Mo Harkless, or like the backup center in the case of Trey Lyles and Gogo Batadze. So the Bulls definitely have options. Yeah, I like those uh, those last two you mentioned there, uh, Trey Lyles and Gogo Batadze. I've actually been big on those guys uh, over the last couple seasons, so I actually really like those names if you know the Bulls strike out on one of these, uh, I guess, bigger name uh, guys. But yeah, LaMarcus Aldridge, let's, let's talk about that, Trey. I think that really uh, intrigues me. Obviously, we've been staring for years at the picture of this guy in a bull's hat on draft night, uh, which is, you know, maybe one of the uh, biggest uh, draft, uh, uh, um, you know, mistakes we've made uh, in franchise history, trading uh, him for uh, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler ended up having a pretty good career, but uh, it was Ty- sadly Tyus after. Tom- Tyus Thomas. Oh, it was for Tyrus Thomas. Well, in that case, it was even worse. Uh, so my bad. Um, but yeah, Tyrus Thomas is uh, did, didn't turn out to be anything. So, uh, but he was actually a really freak athlete. But uh, but he was not good at basketball, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, Lamarcus Eldridge. Let's talk about him. Is he a good fit for you, Trey? Um, much like Thomas not being good at basketball ever, <laughs> Aldridge is not good at basketball now. And obviously, these guys are both amazing at basketball. But for me, they'll beat us. That's for sure. <laughs> LaMarcus Aldridge, he, he's too much of like the poor man's vooch. And it, for my backup center, I'm looking for somebody that's, 
I mean, ideally at least seven foot and has some athleticism. Um, to I me, think the uh, one thing. I used to be the guy who wanted Vooch's backup to also like have to shoot threes and have to yeah. do the same kind of play style. Now, now it's all about the rim protection for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, and you know me, I mean, I, I, that's been me all of, you know, this past season was just saying, Hey, where's the rim protection? Where's the guy that we can throw in there? Obviously, you know, we ideally you want a guy as we talked about uh, either last pod or a few pods ago, like Robert Williams that can kind of play that free safety on defense uh, and, and do some rim protection. So that's why Mitchell Robinson is very high on both of our li- uh, lists there. Uh, and I just don't think LaMarcus Eldridge fits that spot, but you know, say the bulls do strike out on a bunch of guys and they end up with like a LaMarcus Aldridge on a 4 million contract. And another one of these guys that, uh, that, you know, Steven mentioned like a, a justice Winslow or something. I, I'm not upset about that. I think those are some nice pieces. Um, I do think LaMarcus Eldridge still has maybe another year or two left in the tank where he can, you know, go out there and give you 10 points uh, in, a, in a limited limited role uh, on pretty efficient shooting, you know, get that mid-range shot going. So uh, it wouldn't, I wouldn't absolutely hate it, but yeah, it's not exactly like my ideal solution. So I, I'm right there with you, Trey. Um, but, you know, let's, let's transition here, guys. Um, you know, we just talked about the cap space and, and, and you know, realistic uh, scenarios here uh, for free agent targets, but, there's obviously the other solution where, you know, the Bulls could pull off a trade. Um, you know, obviously one of the big names on the Bulls that's uh, been dangled out there in trade discussions uh, pretty much all of last year and this year uh, is Kobe White. Uh, you know, he's on a, a contract that's a little bit under $8 million, so it's not a, a huge contract that's going to be going out or anything like that. Let's just talk briefly. I mean, I think, you know, I think I know your answer to this trade. Let me ask Steven since he's kind of an outsider here. Steven, what is, you know, your perceived value of a Kobe White? Is this something that, like, is going to net us, uh, if we pair it maybe with a, a future first round or something like that, that's going to net us a guy that's going to be a rotation player? A rotation player, probably, because White, I, I, let me look at the Bulls cap sheet. As you said, he makes about just under eight. He's making 7.4. Yeah. So the Bulls could conceivably get up to about 10 to 11 million, depending there, whether they're in the tax after the trade or what it may be. Um, but I preface that to say, you know, they, they could get a starter caliber, a guy that's getting paid starter caliber money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm trying to think maybe like a, I don't know, let's just say Larry Nance Jr. That was the first name that came to mind. And he's within that, um, he's within that pay range. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pelicans, I know they drafted Dyson Daniels, but they could use a Kobe White. Um, the, the issue would become that. White is not only do a rookie extension this summer, even if you don't pay him, he's going to be a restricted free agent. And that might not be the worst thing because then you could always sign and trade him because you have his restricted rights. So he can walk without your permission, essentially. But I mean, are you is this a guy you really are going to want to pay? I mean, if the Bulls trade him, that that's a sign that they're not going to want to pay him themselves. Mm -hmm. So uh, a team that would have to sell themselves on, okay, we're willing to pay this guy, I don't know. Let's just say like Devontae Graham money, a four-year, $46 million deal after mm-hmm. next year. And they have to feel comfortable doing that. Now, obviously, if you attach a first-round pick like you um, like you just mentioned, that would make a team more enticing. I, I believe the only pick you could trade right now would be that pulled in 2023. Mm-hmm. First, just because of protections – on the pick that sold to Orlando and the pick that sold to San Antonio. Now, Chicago could always call San Antonio and Orlando and say, hey, can we make that pick unprotected? I- I'm sure they would jump for joy and say yes. Yeah. But 
And then that would free up additional picks that you could trade. But yeah, Kobe White, I don't know. Like there was, I don't know if you guys heard it, but I know in Philadelphia, there was definitely speculation that Chicago was interested in Matisse Thibel. Have you guys heard mm-hmm. any of that? And so, okay. So the speculated trade that I was thinking of would be like uh, Matisse Thibel and, Co- and um, Shake Milton for Kobe White. Now, that didn't really make sense to the Sixers just because they desperately need help on the wing and they're yeah. just hard and anti-East Maxi. But that's like a similar type thing where I'm like, okay, I, I get it, but I don't love – I think Kobe White isn't going to get traded in the summer just because he's being traded at the low of his value. Same yeah. way I don't think Matisse Thibault ended up not being traded draft night and trade for Eric Gordon because he was being traded at the low of his value. Yeah. I, I think a lot of these teams will want to at least wait till the deadline, have these guys – rehabilitate themselves if Lonzo Ball is going to miss training camp and not be ready to start the year then you know that's extended run for Kobe White to showcase himself essentially to a big payday elsewhere and I'm with you Stephen and and, uh and we'll see if you agree here Trey but I think you know Kobe I don't think he's at his absolute lowest value at this moment um but his value is definitely not as high as it could be he's had um he had a pretty good stretch there during the season of, of maybe 15 games or so where um he was just shooting lights out uh, and, and putting up good numbers and doing exactly what the Bulls needed him to do, uh, which was just be kind of a microwave off the bench. And, you know, if he's hitting shots, great. If he's not, uh, then he's not being a net a net negative. But then, the, you know, towards the end of the season and, and in the playoffs, um, I felt like, you know, he kind of disappeared a bit and, and didn't really have a great end to the season. So um, is, that a, is that a good assessment of Kobe's value, you know, from us watching the Bulls, Trey, uh, that he's not really like at his highest value at this point? Yeah, I'd agree, and I I think that ties into the injuries, too, some. When Kobe gets to be the fourth best guy on the floor, and he's not getting, ex- you know, when he gets exposed on defense, when his t- his teammates can cover for him, that, you know, that helps. And then on offense, when he's the third or fourth option, and he has their worst defender on him, you know, he's able to exploit that. Whereas later in the year, especially after he did have that nice little run, it seemed like defenses were giving him a little more attention. So, to me, I think he just th- I think he's just going to thrive as that guy off the bench or, you know, like the fourth option who, you know, every once in a while can get hot. In terms of trade value, I just I don't know what's there now. Like you said, I don't I don't know that it's at its lowest point because he has shown more flashes and he is still um fairly young. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's at its lowest, but it's definitely low. And I think Steven's 100% right that I think Kobe's on the team to start the season because they want his value to rise. When uh, when Steven said Matisse Thibel and Shake Milton for Kobe White, I kind of, you know, I was kind of biting my tongue a little bit. Um, I kind of like that. I don't mind that like for that the for Bulls. Chicago. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like that for the Bulls. I don't, I think that's a paying a little bit too much for Kobe White. I think you're right that the Sixers wouldn't really be interested in that. But uh, as a Bulls fan, I'm kind of interested in that. What about you, Trey? Yeah, I take it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's nice. Um, but let me ask you this, Stephen, since, uh, you know, the last guy, the last little tidbit here on Kobe White. Uh, is it smarter for the Bulls right now? And I think I already know your answer here uh, to look for a trade package, you know, this offseason. Or is it smarter for us to hang on to him and do, do a sign and trade next offseason? I think ideally it would be a happy medium and, again, trade him at the deadline. I mean, it, if I had to choose between the two you said, I would say this offseason, just because guys usually don't get proper value in a sign-in trade. Sure, you could get a pick back, but 
I mean, th- at that point, the player who has the leverage, you say, fine, if you don't want to sign Jamie Hill, then I'm going to sign at this team that a cap space, and you'll lose me for nothing. Like, this, like, perceived value in a signing trade isn't one for one. Like, when Jimmy Butler went to the Heat and Sixers had to sign and trade him there, all they got back was Josh Richardson. They mm-hmm. didn't get, like, a haul the same way if they had Jimmy Butler under contract and traded him. You know, Josh Richardson alone doesn't equate that. So that just demonstrates, okay, that you're not going to get fair value on a sign trade almost ever. Like when Malcolm Brogdon went to Indiana, for example, the Bucks got two second round picks. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, we'll get something back and let you walk because he's restricted. So we could match. But if you're listening to a team, those are not going to match. Just say, okay, fine. We'll throw you a, a protected first. We'll throw you two seconds. Something just, you know, as a good faith to we'll take your guy and you're not going to match us. So yeah. I, I do think if the Bulls feel that, I, again, if they do hold on to him, at least they're not going to get nothing for him because he's restricted, most likely. Um, I, I honestly haven't dig much into teams' cap situations next summer. Mm-hmm. But if there's not that many cap space teams like this summer, then definitely, um, most likely than not, Kobe would have to go in a sign and trade. So I, I do think, to answer your question, I would sell him this summer rather than wait. But okay. I wouldn't be shocked either way. I mean, we, we've definitely seen guys hold out and wait to restrict free agency. Yeah. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Uh, let's go from Colby White, who's probably at uh, the lower point of his value, to Patrick Williams, who still is at a pretty high value around the league. There's still a lot of interest whenever you mention his name, uh, just because of the type of player he is. Obviously, he's had those injury concerns, uh, and he just hasn't played a lot of games, unfortunately. It's just been really unfortunate. So, um, you know, Trey, I'm going to let you just espouse your love here for Patrick Williams, because I know we probably both don't want to give up on Patrick Williams this early. Um, But, you know, I I know we've talked, you know, you say Vooch and and Patrick Williams is a little too steep for Rudy Gobert, but uh, say that. Trade package comes around. What, what would it take to try? I was going like, to say the question. The question is now <laughs> after the after the draft, does that change my mind? Yeah, yeah. Let me ask that. Go ahead. <laughs> Can the Bulls get like the Jazz's first round pick in this upcoming draft? Like, I can I get a sweetener? Like, you have me oh, right. That, there, you have deal. me right there, ready in to give deal. up Patrick Williams and Vucevic <laughs> for Gobert, but I just. Part of me still doesn't want to pull the trigger because I see like I see the idea behind the team that they're building in Chicago. And I think a lot of that rim protection, if Patrick Williams does evolve on the defensive end like we think he's going to, between him being able to dig down and help at the elbows slash come over and help at the rim, I, I think he can be a rim protector next to Vooch or next to whoever we get as a center. So I, I'm right there. I still think I'd say no. I'd make the Jazz sweeten the deal a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and Steve, you've probably already heard the, the rumors, but uh, the rumor around the league is that, uh, you know, it's Patrick Williams, Vooch for Gobert. Uh, I think I'm I'm definitely hesitant, but I am more in the camp of, yeah, let's do it because Gobert would absolutely change, you know, the fabric of this team. He'd put us in a top 10 uh, defense easily top five probably uh, defense across the league just because he's just that good of the defensive end uh, is he an offensive liability yeah I mean he just doesn't he's got a limited offensive game and, and I get that but uh, I would love to see it um, so first off let me let me ask you Stephen that trade that's on the table maybe uh, Vooch and Patrick Williams for Fergo Bear 
Is that something uh, you think is good for the Bulls? <sighs> From I, a basketball standpoint. It's, yeah. a big, it's a big contract, too, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's my biggest trepidation. Um, again, I mean, but, you've, you've already, so with the contract, though, you've already got Levine at a max in theory. You've got DeMar. You've got Lonzo Ball making 20-plus million. You're already going to be over the cap. So to me... If you're if you're you're spending that money somewhere, so like you're trading Vooch and Patrick Williams, like you're not you're not if say Vooch walks, say Vooch doesn't come to an agreement this offseason, we're not gonna have cap room to sign anyone if he leaves. So to me, look, I I know the contract looks bad, but what are we like if we don't have that contract, it doesn't make a difference. Mm. Yeah, talk to talk to me about that, Stephen. That, that's a good point because you know you're still- like am I. Am I right in having like you? You do know the cap a little bit better than me. Um, it might put us into the luxury tax a year earlier, mm-hmm. but I mean, other other than that, I know the contract looks bad. But really, what are the Bulls losing out on this? You know, having that contract. I mean, it's the fact that you could look three years from now and you have a Russell Westbrook on your books the same way the Lakers do now, and that that's a reality that. Sure, you don't have to worry about that now. You look at that three years down the line, maybe you could flip Gobert later on. But if he ages poorly because he's already, what, I think 30 years old, and then you have him on a four-year, $170 million deal, that last year of that deal in 25-26, when he's making $47 million, it's going to look ugly. So that it's it's – Sure, you're not going to cap space anywhere. I get that sentiment. If you let Vucevic walk, you don't gain that cap space. You just get out of the. You get closer to the cap line, but right. Or or if you keep him, like you you instead of having that forty six million tied up in Gobert in twenty five twenty six, we have it tied up in Patrick Williams's extension and Vucevic's. You know, the the his extension that he would have gotten, which that, would think would be substantially better than Gobert at that point. It right, could. but I, I guess my point is like that contract does look bad, but in terms of the players we'd be giving up, you they're con- right. Their contracts, along with yeah. the contracts of the other players, we're not the Bulls aren't actually. It's not like they're losing out on having cap space to use one summer. It's no. almost apples That's to apples. Correct. Yeah, it's almost apples to apples because it's going to be the same amount. It's just that it, it comes down to whether you think, like uh, like Steven said, is Gobert going to have a, a decline in play? Uh, speaking of which. Happy birthday to Rudy Gobert, who uh, turns 31 on June 26th, which is going to be when most people listen to this show. Uh, uh, so anyways, yeah, uh, he, he will well, be That 31. makes a contract even worse. He's a year older. <laughs> he's a year older, yeah. Uh, wow. So he's 31. So in that 25-26 season, I believe he'd be, what, 33, uh, no, 34 uh, years old, which, yeah, I mean, he'd definitely be towards the end of his uh, effectiveness. So uh, that is something to think about. It would definitely put the Bulls in a bind, I think, in that, in that situation, but... Um, I'm looking at right now, I'm looking at, you know, you've got DeMar DeRozan, who's not getting any younger either. Um, you know, Zach Levine, you, you want him to be getting some quality playoff experience. I, I'm still for this. Um, but, yeah, it does put us in a bind in that 25-26, which is something that the Bulls would have to figure out. And I really don't know what kind of finagling they could do to get out of it. They'd probably just be stuck with it. Because, I mean, who's taking, like, you know, you mentioned Russell Westbrook. And who's taking John Russell Westbrook? Wall. John or John Wall. Wall. Signed identical 
contracts, John Wall's going to get bought out, it looks like. Now, I don't think, unless, you know, Rudy Gobert has a, a, a significant injury, I don't think it's going to be that bad. But it is, uh, you know, a kind of a comparison. Um, I think he'll still be a somewhat effective player uh, when he's 34 or whatever. Uh, and he won't be necessarily as bad. But, but you know, who knows? It could be a steep decline. Uh, I really don't know. I, can't, I have no crystal ball here. So, um, but speaking of trade situations, um, let's... Uh, let, let, let's just transition here and let's talk about, uh, obviously, you know, the big news over the week here has been Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving has basically told the Brooklyn Nets, you know, he, he, he wants to get out um, and he's given them a list of teams that he'd like to be traded to. Uh, they have not come to terms on, on, on a contract extension there. Uh, Kyrie wants the max. Uh, you know, the Brooklyn Nets are obviously hesitant to give him the max because he just the best ability is availability. And that's just not happening with Kyrie Irving. But the, I think the most interesting wrinkle here from a bull standpoint is that if Kyrie goes out, Kevin Durant also probably is going to be out of Brooklyn. Uh, and now, you know, if I'm being honest here, does do the Bulls have a really great shot at landing Kevin Durant? I really don't think so. But since we have Steven here and, uh, you know, he knows the cap situation pretty well, I was just uh, going to pose this question here. First, let me, let me pose it to Trey first. Trey, if the Bulls have a chance to get Kevin, Kevin Durant, are you willing to give up one of our big pieces here, DeRozan, Vooch, Levine, Patrick Williams? I mean, I'm willing to give up multiple right. <laughs> of them. Like, yeah. if if Durant wants to come and play here, then Durant, you are more than welcome to come to Chicago. Yeah. That, when he's healthy, he's a, he is a top, you know, four or five MVP caliber player in the league right now. And he's a guy who... If you give him just a decent cast around him, you're you're a title contender. So yeah, you do it and you don't think twice about it. So the Bulls signed Levine to a max contract, right? And they have this offer on the table for Kevin Durant. Um, you know, maybe it's Levine and, and maybe some draft compensation for for Kevin Durant. It would make me sad. But yeah, I think you're right, Trey. I think you absolutely pulled the trigger on that because that gives you a championship window right now. Um, I would love to see a Durant uh, and, and DeMar DeRozan and Vooch lineup. Um, I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, it'd be a lot of fun to watch for sure. Um, do I think it's re- reasonable to think that that's like likely to happen? No, absolutely not. I think it, that, that's a long shot here. Um, but let, let me let me put it this, to you this way, and I'll, I'll shoot this again to you, Trey. Uh, if the same offers on the table for Gobert, if it's Vooch and Patrick Williams, uh, and maybe some you know additional draft draft compensation. That's something you're definitely pulling the trigger on, right? I mean, the Jazz. I think they'd have to give me like an unprotected first, along with Gobert. Oh, no, I'm Williams. talking about for for Kevin Durant. For Kevin Durant, if that same oh. offers on the table for Kevin Durant, Vooch, Patrick Williams, and maybe like a, a future first or something like oh, that. Oh God, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Steven. Does this money work? I mean, are we crazy here? I mean, is is this possible? Uh, you know, who, who on the Bulls uh, would make a, a reasonable trade uh, candidate to go in a Kevin Durant trade? So I apologize to whoever tweeted this because I, I for the life of me, can't remember. But I, somebody tweeted saying, Kevin Durant, and I agree with the sentiment, Kevin Durant, if he does request out of Brooklyn, it's going to be the biggest return ever in NBA history. I mean, we saw Anthony Davis. We saw Paul George. They went for halls. They went for 
Shade Yogis Alexander and four first. Mm. We saw um, Anthony Davis go for Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram and four first and three swaps. Like these were the biggest packages we've ever seen. Mm. Kevin Durant would blow those out of the water. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult because teams could only offer up, assuming they have all their own first, could only offer four first and three swaps. And then you have to salary match and then give every young asset you have, basically. Mm-hmm. So teams are still limited. It's not like they could say, okay, fine. I'm the Sixers. I'll give you Joel Embiid and James Harden and Tyrese. Smith. No, it's not going to be like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I. And he's got four years guaranteed, correct? Yeah, he's four more years on his deal. Um, he doesn't have a no trade clause, so he has no sign on where he goes. And before I get into the offer, the best offer I've come up with for the Bulls, mm-hmm. how ironic would it be if Golden State said, you know what, we won again? <laughs> but look, we have Andrew Wiggins, who has really shown that he could play at a very high level to salary match. Plus, we'll give you James Wiseman and Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and three firsts and three swaps. And maybe we'll even throw in Jordan Poole. Yeah. Like, that would be the biggest package in NBA history of a young assets. Yeah. Ever. I think that would be overpaying for Kevin Durant. I know, it probably will. I'm just saying, theoretically, Golden State could put but, that Right, yeah. 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 And I um, think they could put the best uh, package together. I don't see the Bulls, in terms of young talent, having, uh, you know, we don't have a, a Wiseman and a Kaminga. Um, it's just not, I mean, that's just not what we have. I mean, you know, but go ahead, go ahead. What, what do you, you looked at the bull situation. So, what, what do you got for us? The best I could come up with, I, I put DeRozan. I know you just mentioned Levine. I did put DeRozan, even though Levine will be more desirable. Cause mm-hmm. I assume if Kyrie signs elsewhere, Katie's going to request out before next year. And unless we'd be in a sign and trade, Levine wouldn't be eligible to be traded. And I'm sure Levine as a free agent wouldn't agree to go to a team. That's probably going to be rebuilding again. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even have any of their own picks. He wants to win. So yeah. for that reason, I put in DeRozan because they could trade him. He'd be the salary matching. Um, so I did DeRozan, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, Ayo Desunmu, and Portland's 2023 first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's the best package the Bulls can do. Yeah. And I, I think, as I said, Golden State will be able to beat that. I, th- yeah. I think Memphis is the biggest dark horse to get Kevin Durant's. Just because not only do they have some cap space, but they have, a they lot have of young talent. all their own first. They have other teams first. They have young talent. They have salary matching. Like, I would love to see Kevin Durant go with, like, John Morant. And then yeah. maybe if they could keep Jaron Jackson or Desmond Bain, keep one of them, mm-hmm. form a big three that way. Yeah. Um, I just preface that to say I think as good as the Bulls offer is of Io and Patrick Williams and Kobe White – Kobe White only has a year left on his deal, so Brooklyn's going to say, okay, we're going to have to pay him. Right. Io only has what? A, Io only has one more year left on his deal. Albeit it's at the minimum, but they're mm-hmm. going to have to pay him. And he won't even be restricted because he didn't sign a rookie deal. He signed, I think, using um part of the mid-level. Um, no. Io was you signing a minimum, so they don't have – he's not even – He was a, he was a second-round pick. Yeah. yeah. He could straight-up walk because mm-hmm. of that. So they don't even have restricted rights on him. So it's like, sure, you get Io, but he could walk after this year. You have Kobe White. You have to pay him after this year. So what do we have to show for this? DeMar DeRozan, who we could flip for a few picks. The pull in 2023 first. And then Patrick Williams. Like, it's just – it's uh, – Yeah. As much as I would love to see him in a team like Chicago, mm-hmm. I just – I don't think – because of the contracts not being long-term, I just don't think it's feasible for 
the team control aspect of it. So what yeah. you're saying is the only time we're going to see Kevin Durant in a Bulls jersey is that picture we always see of him, <laughs> Tony Kukoc one. Yeah. Yeah, That's but you'll problem. get LaMarcus Aldridge, and he's like an eight-time All-Star, so you'll be fine. There you go. Everything will be fine. So that's, I guess, um, you know, as we were saying, I don't think Kevin Durant is uh, likely to come to the Bulls. It's just fun to think about. Obviously, uh, as Trey said, we would love to have him. If you want to come to the Bulls and you want to make it happen, Kevin Durant, go do it. Uh, please do. But, yeah, I, I do think, uh, you know, what you said, Stephen, there about Golden State having the best package is really interesting. And it would be pretty ironic, obviously. Uh, I, bet, I bet on Twitter today that I, I don't listen to Kevin Durant's podcast, admittedly, but – Apparently on his – I didn't know he had a podcast, but yeah. <laughs> apparently Kevin Durant's podcast, he said he would walk on a change back to Golden State, which is really weird for a player under contract with a different team to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, don't quote me. Don't aggregate this. I don't know the – whether I'm just saying what I saw on Twitter. Somebody said that. That sounds yeah. like one of those fake accounts. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. There's no way he's saying, oh, yeah, I'd go back to Golden There's There's just no way he's going to say that. Yeah, that's it's just uh, there's a lot of I wouldn't say bad blood there, but it's just it just doesn't seem it seems like you're going backwards. It would be horrible for his legacy that yeah. he could only win on Golden State. He joined up with 73 and 19 to win, and then right. he left, couldn't even get to the conference finals, and then went back. It yeah. just it wouldn't be good for his legacy as a top 15 player all time, maybe higher. And I know Draymond's uh, obviously we all know Draymond's got his podcast. I know he's been on his podcast talking about how. You know, Steph Curry basically, uh, you know, accepted him into the fold and then he just basically gave up on them, uh, which, you know, he wasn't very happy about. So um, I just don't see that happening. But uh, it, it is a good package for them. You know, if, if we're just talking logically, uh, you know, from what from what a return would be. I think that the Golden State does have a really good package there. But uh, folks, real quick, before we head out of here, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysts are turning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep. And we'll have incredible free agency and summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team, head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, cook yourself an extra lunch per month because it's $5.99, only $5.99. So see you there. Um, but that's going to do it for us, guys. Uh, Steven, thank you for coming on with us, man, and talking bulls. I am Keith Work. You can find me on Twitter at BSBPKeith. Uh, Steven, where can people find you and, and your work? You can find me on Twitter at BirdRightsPod. Um, again, same thing, Sports Ethos Production. I, I'm dabbling with the writing side of it, so if I release anything on the writing side, you'll definitely see that on my Twitter. I'll definitely plug that. And, yeah, you can listen to BirdRights Podcast on anywhere you listen to this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcast. Rate and review me there. It's going to be a fun um off season for me so i'll definitely be breaking down all the contracts all the signings everything that transpires during the summer so again thank you guys for having me on yeah thank you very much steven and uh trey where can the people find you man on twitter at final final you'll find us we'll follow us and uh, until next time